All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Rock and Roll Ghost Podcast. This week we have Juan or Manny, they just screwed that up, uh, and Paul Rivera, members of Chicago hardcore rock band uh, La Amarda. They're promoting their new album, Anti-Colonial Volume 2, which is out now. They're doing a uh, show February 26th. Is it uh, at the Empty Bottle? No, it's at the Cobra Lounge. The Cobra Lounge. Why did I have that? Cobra Lounge. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Ready. Fabulous. Good, good. Um, well, let, let's talk a little bit about how how work came about on this new album. Uh, obviously, you probably worked on it during these past two years uh, during COVID. Did you find that to be more difficult to uh, deal with as far as getting together? Or was it pretty much the same as always for you guys it, it was more difficult yeah it was more difficult in every sense of the word um from people getting stuck in different geographical locations and having to postpone actually recording to lockdowns uh forcing us to cancel studio dates or move them further along to just internally everybody digesting a worldwide pandemic in their own way and kind of dealing with their situation individually uh, in different ways. It was a pretty chaotic time. Uh, I mean, we were very fortunate that we always had work and shelter and, and food and all that. So we were, we were good in that sense, but you know, it was a lot to take in and especially draining to try to push a, creative project forward when the medium that we enjoyed the most which is playing live was pretty much non-existent right, right. uh and manny what um did the pandemic end up having any effect on what you guys wrote for the album i mean there is a song called plague done on the album i don't know if that's inspired by this or not Ironically, Blake was written at the beginning, right at the beginning of the pandemic. But uh, yeah, I would say it had a big effect both in the music and in the lyrics. Uh, musically, uh, we explore a little bit of the chaotic, chaotic side of the band, you know, the sense of isolation, the sense of alienation. In songs like Death on Replay, for example, we experiment a lot with. Uh, odd uh, time signatures and and you know unusual chords and i think every all every, everything that we were going through during the pandemic it really translated into the music okay um paul with regards to um you have a new vocalist correct mm -hmm. uh, yeah. casper uh what what uh for those that don't know what what transpired to require uh new vocalists to join the band life um just yeah. life itself we, we we this has been a band for over 20 years wow so it's it's very hard to to maintain uh, the same people and that was the first time uh pretty much that we had a a significant change and yeah life pulls you in different direction and if you have the will and enough people have the desire to keep it going you're either going to decide to figure it out and, and move on or call it quits and in our case uh we still wanted to do it yeah yeah we were very lucky to have casper because uh he he went on tour with us before as a roadie 
So okay. he kind of knew the songs before. And we were very fortunate to count on him. And it worked out at the end. So Yeah. What what was um what was the 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 I guess anything uh new or different that he added uh to to the uh the core group and and and, and what kind of did the music change much at all or did it just get uh just more in, in tune? Absolutely. I think the music changed. I think everything changed, you know, when you when you have a new band member, it's like a new girlfriend almost. Like everything, everything is fresh. Everything feels new. Uh, Casper is very versatile with the way he writes and the way he, uh, the phrasing of his songs. And he, we work really close with him every time we were writing riffs, making sure that uh, what we were writing kind of fit in with with uh, the subject he was he wanted to talk about on on his song. Paul? Yeah, and also it kind of gave the uh, the band the opportunity to kind of look within as well. Like there's in, in, like introspective songs probably for the first time in the history of the band. So okay. it coincided with the pandemic when internally everybody's in a huge like what the hell is going on moment. Right. So yeah, the pieces just kind of fit and the music and the lyrics just kind of reflected all of that. So he, it, it, that was definitely his doing. Yeah. Now I've, all, I haven't had much time with the album. And when you say introspective, I, I kind of had like a, a, a kind of a, almost an internal laugh because there's, there's nothing uh, inherent in when you first listen to the album that sounds introspective. <laughs> there's no, there's hardly any quiet moments. Actually, it's, it's pretty in your face and, and full steam ahead. Uh, what, what would be an example that you could cite uh, that, that sure. people don't get on the first couple of listens? Sure. Um, Death on Replay, I feel like, is a very uh, personal song to him, to Casper. Mm-hmm. It pretty much speaks about uh, just how he processes things and, and the world around him. Mm-hmm. So that song is purely about him, about just growing up and trying to get organized amongst a worldwide pandemic and amongst joining a, a new musical project and all that stuff. So yeah. that's a great example of it. Um, and then also a song like Los Muertos um, and All We Know are firsthand experiences of him going through Hurricane Maria and earthquakes in Puerto Rico and how it reached oh, uh, or affected him and his family. So, so yeah, there's a, there's quite a few examples of it that you're right to the, a first time listener, like might not get it, but if you sit down with the lyrics, you might catch on to it. Yeah. The the lyrics probably would would (laughs) reveal that more. I didn't, I didn't have the lyrics to review uh, beforehand, unfortunately, but you mentioned Los Muertos and uh, it's got this amazing, for me, there was something MC5 about it with the, that free jazz sax solo uh which i thought was fascinating Give it to me no i'm an older guy so i don't i mean i'm imagining you know who the mc5 are because i mean yeah that's, right. uh, hardcore and political you know uh but there was just something about that that just brought me back to you know that raging time you know from that band that basically started you know that kind of music that that political hardcore sound um where did 
where did the idea to kind of have that come that jazz uh, saxo kind of come in? Where you know how did that come about? Um, when we were writing Los Muertos, we always had that one chaotic part where the sax is, and uh, the drum and bass. We always wonder like, what well, what should we do in this one part, you know? And then Casper proposed, like, we should we should have uh, some kind of wind instrument on here. Mm -hmm doing like a chaotic off-key solo, you know, something like Candiria, like, you know, MC5, something like that, like kind of dissonant, chaotic dissonant thing. And we were very lucky that Paul was in the Dominican Republic uh, at one time during the recording process. And Paul, can you tell me about the process? Yeah, so uh, we ended up recording a few things down there that, kind of makes the album pop in our opinion and one of those was the sax solo and I went down there with the idea of what we wanted and how we wanted it to come across and then I just found the right player just uh talking to buddies of mine find a guy whose style um we liked and fit the idea and just kind of let him rip yeah. and he ripped <laughs> yeah it's it's a pretty, I told him it, it, I go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I no, told no. him uh I told him MC5, and I told him uh, David Bowie and Iggy Pop in Berlin on drugs, and nice. he came up with that. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. that that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a that that that's one of the most interesting moments of the record for me because it's just like it, I was like I was not expecting sex. Uh, good. <laughs> you know, when the first few songs come on, it's like it's the last thing I figured a a sax you know instrument you know would would come into play. Um, you know, you guys are. Uh, I don't know what uh, generation you are, but you're all, uh, you know, Dominican by nationality, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Cas Casper's from Puerto Rico, and then the rest okay. of us are Dominican. Okay. Um, how how much does that influence? I mean, it has to influence your music greatly, but in what ways does it influence? You know, what you how you play, what you play and what you talk about because obviously you know you we had four the last four years in particular were pretty hard for anybody that wasn't you know a trump fan uh <laughs> and, you know particularly anyone that wasn't you know white on top of it but, um you know where does that all where does the nationality the the family spirit all come into play and how does it come into play absolutely uh yeah, like you mentioned, both in musically and lyrically, it, it influenced a lot. I mean, we always talk about Latin music, and you know, when when your idea, when you have an idea of Latin music, you think about happy music, a party. But there's also a very aggressive side of of Latin music, especially a very percussive. Any percussion line of a Latin music assembly is very aggressive, and it's got very aggressive moments. And we always try to capture that and, and uh, build our, our own uh, our own, own brand of hardcore with using those elements, you know. And and lyrically, yeah, I mean, we talk about we talk about colonialism, we talk about modern day colonialism, we talk about coloni colonization of the mind too, you know, and uh, and how uh, how you know corporations uh, make you consume all this shit that you don't need. And make you follow into these patterns to try to achieve success, you know, a, a vision of success. But uh, 
We also talk about, you know, what Paul mentioned earlier, you know, places like Puerto Rico, which is a United States colony since 1892. Um, you know, we have things like the hurricane, like the earthquakes, like people in need and, and the United States government didn't care. They didn't do anything about it, you know? Right, right. Uh, Paul, do you have anything to add on on, on that? Uh, yeah much in line like it, it influences every aspect of what we do from the way we play the punk beat if you want to get specific mm -hmm. it's played with a little bit more of a lag than like your straight california tupa, 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 tupa. we play it more where you can kind of dance to it there's a bit of a lag in there if you're not hearing it with distorted guitars maybe you you know you'd find yourself like wanting to dance to it um lyrically just like many said because it, you know all our family is down there so we're in the know we go down there so we're in the know of what's going on so it's hard for that not to come into our lyrics and then in other aspects of the musicality of the band i think that there's always a yearning to pull from those influences and bring it into punk and hardcore so personally on the guitar i'm always striving to learn what are the scales? What are the patterns? What are the things I can bring over? I know Manny as well. Um, so it's like a whole uh, treasure trove of things that we can pull into this genre that other bands in punk and hardcore don't necessarily utilize. So it makes our music stand out more, I guess, or, you know, yeah, stand out, hopefully. Yeah, now, I mean, Within within the hardcore scene, um, are you? I, I don't know what the correct term would be. Are you a, a bit of a outlier in terms of you know? There's not many uh, yeah, yeah. Latin uh, based hardcore bands, or or are there more than I can think of? You know, that I know. There's there's a lot. You know, like in Chicago, there's definitely a lot. Like shouts out. Si Dios quiere, shouts out Esqueleto, Los Crudos. There's, there's definitely a lot that have had a, a, a good trajectory. Um, we've had the opportunity to tour bigger circuits in the U.S. and Canada. And yeah, we're definitely an outlier. Um, it's a blessing and a curse because you stand out and it's like, wow, this is interesting. At the same time, like for promoters, for labels, for things like that, that could potentially help you along your path, uh, it can get confusing because when they don't know how to label you. Yeah. Um, Manny, with, with regards to uh, going out on tour, uh, what have you found the reaction um, by, by fans or if you're supporting someone, the reaction of, you know, people that you don't, that, that might not necessarily know who you guys are. Yeah, I mean, like Paul said, we've done, uh, we done a lot of support tours with bigger acts, and it can go either way. You know, we had shows where uh, a lot of people come up to us, and they're, like, feel represented by us, feel like they can finally see somebody that looks like them, that sounds like them on a bigger stage, and it's inspiring for them. And we have people also say that they were with us until we say no to the border wall, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it could, it could be, but we're a band, we're, 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 we're a political band and we, you know, every stage we climb, we, we, we deliver the same message. 
and we're open for confrontation too. You know, we 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 done it before, and we we we're willing to tag and discuss the, the topics we uh we talk about in our song. So it can go either way. You know, we we're not scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, to that point, uh, as a political leaning band, um, where how do you feel? You know, how difficult is it to get your message out in an age where, yes, people are probably more inclined to share their political beliefs more than ever because of social media and what have you, and because of the polarization of the, of the country in, in particular. Um, but when it comes to music, yeah, there's political music, but uh, most of the stuff that gets, you know, is popular isn't politically. You haven't heard too many political statements come out in the last even 20 odd years dating back to the Bush era. There was there was a few, but there wasn't much. I mean, um, how do you guys see about, you know, getting your message out and pushing through that barrier where maybe people don't want to necessarily hear anyone's political views? Making the best music we can make. Yeah. Make, make, making it irresistible for you. To to listen to the music just because the music is so good and it and it sounds so good and the production is good that you're gonna have eventually gonna have to pay attention to what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's also a fun challenge. Um, for example, getting on a tour or a festival stage where what we play and what we say is not the norm. Or it's not, you know, what's going to be discussed uh, for the most part that day. That's also a, a, a challenge for us to be like, like Manny said, how can we make our show so good and make our message so in line with like just the humanity of everybody there that no matter what, we're going to walk out of there with people giving us high fives. Yeah. And like we just did that. You know, last summer we got to play a Latino rock festival where it's like pop bands and ska bands and stuff like that here in Chicago. And, you know, that was a great challenge. It was like, we're, we're going to kick so much ass and we're going to connect with people on a human level. And, I, you know, that was a great example of doing our job in that sense and walking out of there with, with new friends, new fans, just connecting with people. So they can we don't either look at it as a high five or or tell you to fuck off, but we yeah. will have a reaction. We will yeah. you will not ignore us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I dig that. I dig that. Um you know, and, and outside of music, I mean what uh I don't know how politically activated or, or social, you know, social political more, you know, maybe than anything, because I mean a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in, in modern day politics, even you know. Uh, especially after the last uh, four or so years, what what kind of things are are either of you involved in, in if anything? Well, absolutely, we're building community, uh, and and I and I can't stress this enough. Uh, there's a lot of people every day doing doing a lot of good work, boots on the ground, social workers, teachers, community organizers. Uh, the problem is they don't get the exposure and the resources they need to do their job. You know, we've done a lot of work with um, with uh, police accountability in the city of Chicago because it's a big problem here. Uh, um, police brutality, uh, prison solidarity, 
political prisoner solidarity, uh, immigrant rights. Yeah. Uh, we support benefits. We did a compilation for uh, with, with uh, several events for the ACLU last year. Uh, we're definitely putting in the work, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Paul, anything to add on that? Yeah, it's a lot of collaboration. Uh, we'll set up a show in X City to benefit a cause that has maybe somebody connected to us is working towards. Um, Manny and his off time volunteers of books to prisoners. Um, it's 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 a lot of uh, collaborating because the the reality is like some interviews and some people will like call the band like an activist band and like we shy away from it because of what he said. Like there's actual people that get up every day to to do activism. Right. right so right. we don't want to take that title from them we will collaborate and we will use our platform to to amplify those voices and give them a stage within our stage um and in that way we just become a vessel and, and we continue to to collaborate gotcha well with, with regards to that with regards to being you know a, a political leading band uh, in social political does that also present its own hardship where sometimes, man, you just, you don't want to have that, that burden on you. You just want to go out and have fun. Um, you know, does that, does any of that get kind of um, not, not tiresome, but is it, is the burden, the, you know, the burden of having to carry the message that you are trying to, you know, put out there even sometimes could probably be its own, its own weight, I would imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why we're that's why we're you know we're musicians too. You know that's why we're, we're not yeah. here standing on a soapbox just preaching, you know the same speech over and over. We're here trying to make our art and and then use the art as a vessel. You know, and, that, and like yeah. I said earlier, do we're trying to do the best music that we can make with the best quality, yeah. and then we add the message on it. Yeah. Uh, anything to add on that, Paul, or is that, that pretty good? That's, yeah, no, that's pretty good. The music for us 